Hey Moonies, welcome to the Sailor Moon Fan Club podcast. I'm your host, Victoria L. Johnson, and I'm here with Evan Crusher-Jones. He's a doctoral student studying urban ruins, abandonment, and space and place, which we'll talk about later because I have no idea what that means. He's also worked as a content producer and digital editor for the American Film Institute and other places and helped manage the Anime Expo where he parked the tank in front of the Los Angeles Convention Center. We'll also talk about that. Uh, he's also a YouTuber under the name Crusher Jones, where he posts reviews, sometimes interviews, and life advice, including some info about his time in Japan, which we will also talk about. I'm super excited to talk about all of these things, obviously. Um, hey, Evan, how you doing? I am doing awesome. How are you? I am good. I am good. I'm very excited to talk about all the things with you. Yeah, I'm just letting the caffeine kick in, so it's like, all right, time to go on there and rattle on. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds perfect. Caffeine and Sailor Moon sounds like a perfect combination to me. Yeah. Indeed. Oh. So, speaking of that, um, mm-hmm. what's your first memory of watching Sailor Moon? So, I got to watch part of it when it aired originally in the United States. And it was like, what is this weird thing that I'm witnessing as I'm trying to wake up and go to school? Because, much like a certain character, I was never awake in school. And that was those were my first memories of it and i was taken by it and intrigued by it but i was still kind of piecing it together because i saw it in bits and pieces and chunks and those were also the days when it was available via fan sub and vhs so you see bits and pieces of here and there and i think just the design stuck with me more so than anything else yeah no, that makes a lot of sense so this was like was this high school middle school yeah that was high school so okay. and i got into hs around 95 Got it, got it. Oh, that makes sense, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was in the morning. I always love it because everyone either, well, not everyone, but some people watched mm-hmm. it in the mornings before school and some people watched it after school on Toonami. And then every so often, someone will come to me with like a random thing. Like, I saw it at midnight on this random channel. And I was like, what? But anyway. Oh, yeah. Cool. It was on like <laughs> it, one of those things like in Austin, they used to show fan subs on public access with subtitles i was like God, i hate you people <laughs> you you lucky ducks oh my goodness I know. but yeah uh, if yeah i'm yeah and by the way toonami fans as much as i love toonami boy did you get it easy huh oh yeah yeah we didn't have to do that morning stuff up the hills <laughs> up the hills through snow up and down no shoes <laughs> is that what you i had to be up at the crack of dawn to watch sailor moon you know, you, you know what we had for breakfast? They punched us in the face and gave us nothing else. Right. <laughs> we were lucky to make it out with our lives. DVD, uh, we, we, we had them inscribe it on stone tablets. And... Right. <laughs> we had floppy disks. We were lucky to get half of an episode on it. But yeah, <laughs> probably not even, honestly. Do you know what real player is? Sit down. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. We had Tsunami was awesome. Um, the mornings on the random public access channels were also awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, did you have a? Well, you're you also like kind of started rewatching it recently too, I think, or watching. Yeah, it. yeah I mean, I've got to be honest. I've been Japanese animation adjacent since mm-hmm. the early '90s, and I should mention I grew up in Houston and I was around a lot of the ADV folks and later Sentai as well, and we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. But so there was a pretty steady influx in my kind of nerd circles of like comic books and trash culture and all the stuff that we all love and that happened to be around there and so it just kind of filtered in you know 
Yeah, no, it makes sense. Um, did he have a favorite Zero Scout or Senshi? Oh yeah, a bit of a blank on that one. Oh man, you're gonna, you're gonna, I know you're gonna laugh at me, and it and it's gonna create a conflict with somebody I'm very much a friend of. But uh, only laugh if it's Tuxedo Mask. Obviously, he's not a Senshi, but <laughs> go ahead. Well, Sailor Mars. Oh, that's not that's not laughable. I, yeah. It it just makes me feel like such a such a basic Scorpio, but yeah, uh, that is laughable. Yeah, yeah, that is a basic Scorpio <laughs> thing. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's also an Aries thing. If that makes you feel better, I think every Aries who's come on this podcast, their favorite is Sailor Mars. Yeah, it's just I, and the funny thing is, I remember from the early days. If you want to talk about memories of it, I didn't remember being so salty, but. <laughs> Oh, I watch it now. I was like, "Damn, you know, don't do that to your just eh, with the bus throwing." Like, <laughs> I mean, sometimes you gotta throw a bus. Um, what about Sailor Mars though? That made you like her. You know, there's this kind of competency there, hmm. that air about it. I mean, and again, as I've re readdressed and reanalyzed how I feel about the character, certain things are far less charming than they used to be. Uh, keep in mind we're also talking about a significant age difference mm-hmm. uh, um, and one unique thing about it, that show is like oh these people are at this point in their lives and I was originally when I watched it at that point in my life and now it's like oh my goodness it's so much different but yeah just sort of that kind of like I've got it together vibe mm-hmm. really yeah. Uh, impressive yeah I can totally see that um, have you had any standout episodes or moments so far in your rewatch or in the original time when you watched it you kind of remember anything this is gonna mark me as such a nerd because keep in mind i'm i'm literally studying communication but i'm studying communication by way of looking at buildings um Mm. the way the the way the city is a character Mm -hmm. and very much a character and how real places in tokyo were integrated into the story and so it became more about me about this aesthetic appreciation and but I'm filtering that back through interacting with the characters. So it's mostly just been like, wow, that's a really cool shot they did there. And like, you know, you can go to Tokyo and like tour the places that shots were modeled off, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I love that kind of thing. So it's mostly been about like picking the city apart through this narrative. Yeah, no, that's really cool. You're actually the first person to mention it in that way because the city in Sailor Moon is very much a character. Like you see so many people create like Sailor Moon aesthetic tokyo shots or you know uh like art pieces i've actually had a few of them as my background for my phone for a while yeah (laughs) like people going to visit nishizabu and like oh Mm -hmm. man i got i gotta check out this neighborhood and oh yeah this was used in this and this is used in this and now i will tell you that the live action show the japanese live action show is so great it is oh my god so it's such an underrated dark horse it's so awesome um but there will be like you can see get list of locations and go there and and that was something that I've been interested in a lot of Japanese animation but Sailor Moon in particular does a really good job of portraying the city as a character. Yeah, even like I did ended up um, seeing a few when I went to Japan, a few places. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe two places, and I wanted to go to race t- or the temple that's um, modeled after or that race temple is modeled after mm-hmm. and um, it really is like you have to get on a bus to get there and I'm just like and it probably takes about the same amount of time they portrayed it in the series and it's just little details like that are really cool 
Yeah, and one thing is you start looking at stories and worlds as meta text. You, it starts to have this kind of it feels so much more immersive, even though it's obviously a work of fiction. But mm -hmm. yeah, I was really taken back by that. And to be very, very fair, I love that era of animation, the actual quality of it, the way it's done, the way it's colored, the way mm -hmm. the whole thing coalesces as an experience. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I think of when I think of Sailor Moon. And it's why it's been such fun to rewatch and actually get to spend the time with although I, I i may not be as experienced as previous moonies who keep bringing up stuff that's like 80 episodes away from me <laughs> hey i'm sorry man you know i i hate spoilers as well but you know this is the sailor moon fan club podcast and the show is 30 years old <laughs> fair point fair point fair point if, if only teaching, working, going to school, and getting a doctorate did not take up so much time. But uh, mm -hmm. I got a break coming up, so bring on the marathon. There you go. Actually, not... What? Not 30 years yet, my bad. Almost 30 years. Oh, 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 well, stop the... Well, we got to start know, over sorry. again, right? Yeah. Actually, it's been 29. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. Sorry. Well, I guess we got to delete... I'm sorry for all the spoilers. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. let's go ahead and delete the whole podcast from iTunes. <laughs> right? Yeah. We quit. <laughs> I actually no you quit I, I was good I'm just gonna go apologize to everyone <laughs> for all the spoilers it's been 29 years not 30 totally missed the mark on that <laughs> rest, rest in peace your mentions right <laughs> um but yeah so you went to Japan too which I thought was really cool um were you able to visit any of the places that uh Sailor Moon took place or was this like not aligned in your life Oh, I, I lived in Japan for three years. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was, uh, I did a year on the jet program in the south of Japan. Mm -hmm. And it's a much different program now. And I need to do a video on it because people have been asking, but I always have to tell them, look, it's it's been to the point where it's almost apple and, apples and oranges now. But uh, I did a year in the south of Japan. As much as I, I appreciate it, and it was nice to put money in my pocket and everything, I was like, Jeez, mm, I was 24, 25 at that time. And a part of me was like, you want to spend the rest of your mid-20s in the middle of nowhere or the most interesting city on Earth several hundred miles to the north of you? So I left that after one year and got a job teaching with the uh, Board of Education in, in Kawasaki and just started rocking around Tokyo from there two years after that. But yeah, I, I definitely did a decent amount of anime tourism and often inadvertently <laughs> that sounds about right yeah it just it's it's weird because it's like you'll think you'll have these dramatic moments and you just turn the corners like oh yeah that's tokyo tower okay cool there were times where i would walk around and i'm like this feels familiar and i don't know why <laughs> well you this is a very much of a right term but it's one thing i like to mention when i talk about japan they spent mm -hmm. all this time giving us uh, indoctrinations long term like orientation about do this and don't do that and whatever else but they never mention like oh by the way you see those curves how they're all 90 degree right angles and how uh, the cars are there and you see those mirrors up there you th use those mirrors because uh, if you don't you might get hit by a car oh. yeah and uh, I was riding a bike and that uh, not necessarily not a very very close call but a close enough call for me to be like how come you told me how to exchange business cards 50 times, but never told me that I'd get creamed on a bike? 
Well, then you got to live your life as an anime character for a bit then. <laughs> God, it was so it was so scary. So I tell people when they go to Japan, like, no, trust me, use those mirrors because a couple of us had gotten into near misses and uh, not necessarily oh, misses. So, but yeah, when you visit, understand that. And I actually do not think pedestrians have the right of way from what I've understood. So. Oh, wow. But yeah, I definitely got to roll around all those places and do that stuff. It was great. I recommend anybody get the opportunity to travel and do things like that go for it yeah and that's good to know because i love japan and one thing i told myself when i go back because i really wanted to ride a bike because i saw everyone riding bikes mm -hmm. and it seemed like so much fun but now i know to look for the mirrors <laughs> because i probably wouldn't have yeah just cool. use them i'm, I'm still to mm -hmm. this day like i watch so much japanese pop culture stuff that i just forget i and you, well you know what it was i was late to school i didn't have toast in my mouth running out the door but uh oof i almost got <laughs> toasted thank you <laughs> Ooh. love it Love it. Yeah. <laughs> well, back on stateside, in the United States, um, you parked a tank. <laughs> How did that happen? I helped park the tank, yeah. You helped um, park a tank, I'm sorry. Well, have you heard of the anime Girls and Panzer? I don't think so. Girls and Panzer? Uh, Panzer, P-A-N-Z-E-R. Girls and Panzer, I don't think so. Well, it's awesome. And it's great, and I had known the people from ADV for a really long time, and a really good friend of mine was working there through marketing stuff, and he calls me up and goes, hey, Evan, um, we're working on this project. Are you interested in helping? I was like, yeah, sure, of course. What's going on, Lance? And he goes, can you help us find a tank to park in front of the Los Angeles Convention Center? <laughs> and I'm sitting there on the phone with him, like, turning around, like, am I getting candid camera? Right. Like, what? I was like, say no more. Um, and we, so we're through this process and he actually beat me to the punch as far as, cause it was his full-time gig. He managed to find the tank. And so I just started working with his team as getting things together for the marking on the ground there with that. And, you know, oh my goodness, like, they just pulled it, they got it all together and they, they made it, they had this company ship it out from, I believe, Colorado. And so they had to like, they had to. Un unpack it's the wrong term to use i keep saying unpack it for some reason they had to get off this big truck and like bring it out there and there's there's footage of my friend like riding in it as they as they bring it forward and park it and it's just oh it was it was like the wildest four days um but yeah uh park that tank which was made up to look like a panzer in front of the lacc entrance so you'd had to pass it going inside mm. uh I'll give you an inside baseball moment on this. When they submit the contract to get everything approved to the people who run Anime Expo, I think they included something in the uh, the Anime Expo people. This is a great snap. Includes something along the lines of like, and please promise you're not going to use the tank to run over the Funimation booth. Oh, wow. <laughs> to this day, I'm like, I really wish I could have seen that in print. <laughs> but yeah, that was like a big experiential marketing thing. And uh I actually had gotten a really bad eye infection at mm -hmm. that time mm -hmm. that was not getting better. I, I fought for a week taking medicine and everything else. And so my friend's like, dude, you're in an anime convention. You have a totally valid, valid reason to wear an eye patch. <laughs> so you're like helping to park this thing and wearing an eye patch. Oh, well, I didn't, I didn't do the, I didn't do the driving. I'm not that, I'm not that brave, uh, yeah. stupid brave. Um, but, but no, I was definitely like helping conduct the stuff and i was giving out i gave out god so many thousands of buttons and i was doing just like 
carnival barking. I'm not hyper extroverted. I just have moments of hyper extroversion. And working in around those cons, like that'd be like the three days that I'm going to be loud and boisterous and fun. And then, you know, cue six months of reading three books a week and listening to music constantly and just kind of nodding my head. So become the study girl of the lo-fi hip-hop basically oh yeah the cat hanging out and everything else yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, chilled cow indeed but no that mm-hmm. stuff was really fun and uh, they they were about it about it like it was a really cool thing to do and it just as people be like tell us something interesting about yourself job applicant hmm. that is one thing to bring out although you may not want to be like girls and pans there <laughs> oh somebody was detail. Actually, somebody was rude to me at a job interview. Uh, they brought in their, there's like, they were, they were actually really cool, but they brought in their boss and their boss is really rude and condescending and short with me. And I have to mention that one thing about, I just noticed this living overseas as my first formative working experiences in an Asian office, Japanese office specifically, uh, I would wait for the interrogative to talk. Hmm. And so even now when people talk to me, they're like, are, are you going to say something? I was like, oh, were you going to ask a question? Right. You know, combine that with, uh, no, I'm going to let my father, the, the really smart guy who I think was a drill sergeant, ask me a question before I pop off. And anyway, during this interview, the guy was just kind of condescending and, and short. And I was like, yes, no, yes. Okay, great. See you later. Take it easy. And Because I didn't have any interest in working there. And he, the person that brought me to his boss's attention said, hey, man, were you intimidated during that? And I was like, no, I saw it as in his interview to conduct. And I want to see how the flow would be. And I want to see how he'd hold a conversation. And that seemed way more about some issue that your boss had with you than it was about me. Hmm. So I'm going to deuce out of here. But I'm just going to say, like, I don't, I don't need the performance, the grandstanding. It all kind of seemed forced, you know. But about six months later... Uh, I should mention that guy, the boss, kept asking me, so what'd you make in your SATs? And at that point, I was finishing up, I had finished up my my master's degree from the University of Southern California with a 3.96 GPA and recommendations from the provost. I was like, uh, I, I don't know. Hmm. It was 15 years ago. He asked me multiple times. So I just sent a picture of me on that tank back to the guy that introduced me as boss <laughs> who kind of got screwed over in that deal. With the head, with the subject line. So, what did you make in your SATs? And you open up. There's a picture of me in front of a tank, like the <laughs> turret point at the LACC. <laughs> like, there's your answer. Yeah, I felt I, I'm so that dude was bummed. He was like, "You just seemed like you were being so quiet there." I was like, "Yeah, it's kind of how I do." Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, but uh-huh. those those ex- that experience was wonderful, and it's also something was like. Hey, what do you do again? And it's like, oh, I did this. Oh, you're that guy. <laughs> uh, well, one of them, but right. you know, it was very much a team effort. And I got to give it up to uh, Sentai's team because they worked really hard that time. And I adored those folks. I still talk to them all the time. That's awesome. I love that. That's so cool. 100%. Um, and then, so you also worked on some film stuff. You told me you're a content producer and digital editor. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to ask, what's your favorite project from like that era in your life oh the tank hands down like there was cool Mm. stuff going on and other stuff but that was just like every now and then you get a you get working in media you'll have these things where it's like yeah i'm sort of into this and then you have these things where it's like okay well this doesn't scratch my particular itch but i want to do a good job on it because i'm a professional it allowed me to grow and i i want my my word and my worth to be demonstrable as far as what i do 
Mm-hmm. I want to do a good job at stuff. Oh, can I swear? Yes. <laughs> I want to get. I want to do a good job with shit. Mm. Uh, but that tank thing was just like pure frosting as far as you know work goes. Like, hey, um, here's all the sugar you want to eat. Have fun. I yeah. love those moments. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 you get those moments to come together. So it was, it was like four days of carnival barking. Awesome joy. Uh, it was really tough. But yeah, there's a lot of other cool things happening around the same time. Because um, my contract at the AFI kind of ended right as the tank stuff kicked off. So we brought back, uh, you know, Night at the Movies, which was wonderful. And I uh, sent uh, Davey Havoc from the band AFI a note saying, hey, man, come come see Blade Runner with, with us. And and so he, he came out and we had this big movie event and, and we dealt the social, I was working on those, all the social media stuff at the time. And so it was just like me putting all this stuff together, running around like a madman. And that's the kind of stuff that I remember more so than even like the end result of like, Hey, here's this thing that went into it. And, mm. you know, I was one of the go-to people that helped uh, put this video game out for a uh, Starship Trooper CGI film. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. And that was one of those, Hey, I have a bunch of weird unrelated requests and there are going to be a lot of them and they're going to just kind of leapfrog and chain into one another in weird ways. And I was like, say no more. Man, that definitely sounds like the media world. <laughs> yeah, it's really true because you'll have just like, hey, can you do this? And you're like, what? what huh? huh? I can. I can figure it out. <laughs> yeah, but that's also part of the fun. Like I yeah. I didn't go to an off- into an office for three years before I showed up at school and I'd actually got a, a gig at the school and I, I showed up and I was like, oh, I should probably learn how to work in an office again where there's yeah. not like armor around. <laughs> yeah, that's important. <laughs> no, but yeah, that kind of like gun, like gun at it, go make this thing work no matter what. Because the thing about media is it's the, the end result that matters mm-hmm. with people. They're not like, Oh, I see you didn't use this version of this thing that I care about. Uh, you know, people will bring that up, but ultimately it's something about like, did you like it? Did you get it? Were you cool with right. this? Was the quality good? Yeah, did it come out well? Yeah, but that kind of period in between that and before I went to do a bunch of work with uh, people related to the MacArthur Foundation and of uh, UC Irvine, that was all just magically awesome and rad and weird. <laughs> That sounds fun. Mm-hmm. Also, um, speaking of schools, <laughs> so tell me about your doctor, like what you're studying, because I read it and I, when you said buildings, it made sense. Mm-hmm. But tell me more. Okay. Well, of course, now I'm intrigued. Like, well, where did I lose you? Um... <laughs> I mean, I was like, urban ruins made sense. And then abandonment, space, and place. I was just like, this is like, my mind went to like, the solar system <laughs> it was just like i don't know where we are anymore and then i'm thinking of like physics which i'm sure is like related mm-hmm. but yeah that's that's kind of where my mind went and i was just like i don't know how these things work together and then like abandonment i'm guessing that's like abandoned places i don't know i don't know tell me okay like, well please. what i'm working on and all that stuff's part of it it basically mm-hmm. comes down to one essential question where do things happen okay and can you imagine things not happening anywhere? Mm. And that's a difficult thing for people to imagine. It gets really interesting and it does get like, oh, wow, it becomes a philosophical question. And it, frankly, it is a philosophical question, you know, all the way back to Aristotle and well before then. 
so all that stuff happens and you can say like, well, how do I relate to where I am and how did this place come to be? And, and if this is a place, then what's space and what's a site and what's a location? And that's the stuff that I was interested in. And I started looking at buildings very much like with the Sailor Moon stuff, how they treat Tokyo as a character. I was treating when I was in film school. I was way more into like taking pictures of buildings and skylines and cityscapes than I was like, but Diana, I love you so much. You are everything to line. You know, that didn't interest me. I was way more about like, look at this weird pulsing city. Oh my goodness. Hmm. And so what do they call it the, uh, the something shot. What is it called? Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, just establishing shots and landscapes and all that stuff. And I'm just thinking like, well, what does the city say to us? And what does place say to us? And what do buildings say to us about navigating where we are and all the processes that go into making a place? Because if you view place as a process, which is a geographical idea that Doreen Massey was very much on about, uh, one of my favorite geographers, it's like, oh, wow. Yeah, this isn't just coordinates on a map. This is all these things coming together. This is all these concerns and all these connections and all these you know, the internet's a series of tubes. Well, places are a series of interactions. And so what I've been looking at is abandonment as in communicative possibility and what goes into the abandonment of a place. Who decides if something's abandoned or not? Is it ruined? Is it not ruined? Can it be used? Can it be reclaimed? And that's what I'm studying. Right. That's cool. So is there like a city planning aspect to it as well, I'm guessing? I honestly chose something that would always, you mentioned physics earlier, that would always give me the opportunity to go, can I learn about something else? Mm-hmm. Um, I did give myself an unsolvable problem, and that's why, because I, <laughs> I want to be like, hey, uh, how do I learn about architecture? Okay, cool. How do I learn about urban planning? Right. O- okay, cool. How do I learn about like material science, about you know what what's the difference between this and this or like why would somebody would use brick versus concrete and i just keep expanding from there i mean up to including physics and technology and all this other stuff Mm, that sounds fascinating i love learning about new stuff like one of my favorite parts in grad school is learning about like jane jacobs and robert moses and like their ideas of what new york city should be yeah and i i just read i just reread her her book her big book uh, death and life mm. great american cities and i've also read david harvey's work built off based off that and urban geography and things like that and Henri lefebvre and all this stuff that i love um you know every now and then i'm trying to put a video of crusher jones that stuff on that it's not just five hours long because it's so hard to condense <laughs> mm-hmm. but no that that where we live is important and what goes into the places where we conduct our day-to-day lives it, it's worth analyzing that stuff and it means something. And also in my case, one nice thing about this topic is it's not like, Hey everybody, check me out. I get to ask about, Hey, what's your life like? Where do you live? What what are you into? What's cool? And when I mention abandoned buildings, I'll, I'll be at an event or something. And like one person go like, Oh, there's this place on my block. And then somebody will go, Oh, Oh, there's this place over here. And they'll start telling me about their lives. Mm-hmm. And I think that's super cool. I love that. I, I really don't like the idea of like proselytizing academic personnel. Oh my goodness. It's just no part of me is cool with it. But Oh no, please. Uh, The idea of being with others in community and communication, you know, looking at the, what goes into that word 
and seeing how that takes place somewhere and how somewhere is always changing and expanding. Like we've never met, but we've met, we've talked a ton of times, right? Mm-hmm. But we've you know, found a way for us to be in the same place without being the same place. And you know, that all that stuff, it, it does get really highfalutin, but it's also very much tied into like, look at your street. What happens there? What's it connected to? Right. That is really cool. Yeah. Because it makes sense what you say too, like about something being um, a, like declared abandoned by like the city, but also mm-hmm. the neighborhood still uses that space. So it's not necessarily abandoned. Yeah. And that's a big, you know, power is a huge aspect of what I study. Mm-hmm. A very huge aspect of it. Like I move through the city in this way by way of this right. Well, I don't have that right. Well, why don't I? Who gets to say? Who has a word in it? What part does money play? What part does communal need play? What processes and policies are in place? And also, to be very fair, all those like abandoned places and spaces, like I got into it by way of media and blogs and film, like uh, just mm. so many gorgeous, gorgeous photo books and uh, in Japanese, sp- specifically Haikyo, mm-hmm. some great blogs to that extent. Like that's all interesting to me. Like I'm, I'm we'll leave a conference and like, oh, I have a couple hours till my next presentation and run out to look at the coolest building I can find, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. That sounds like so much fun. I'm so happy I understand what you're studying now and it sounds fascinating and now I want to read all the things about it. Oh, I, I, I will, it's, it's been, it's been great because it's like, I've, I've gone, I got into a, a school and they flew me out there and they're like, we don't know what to do with you. And I was like, thanks for flying me out here to tell me that you know they have phones <laughs> yeah uh cool uh, thanks for letting me in why am i here but <laughs> but it is something where i i had to spend some decent a decent amount of time try, trying to find uh, the ability and the skill to express and communicate what i'm looking at as opposed to saying uh i study this mm-hmm. well what's that right yeah because it's on me to communicate as clearly as possible and it's really very much an art so all my fellow introverts just keep going you'll you'll eventually get it i promise (laughs) hopefully i will too but i mean it seems like you are but yeah that's cool um you also have a youtube channel Mm -hmm. when you're not studying all these things um what made you decide to do that you know that was basically paying homage to my own need to create things i like making things i get bummed out if i'm not making something and also i wanted something that would allow me to kind of build a voice and exercise a certain creative impulse that wasn't necessarily always academic i mean i do some academic stuff but also to act as kind of a clearinghouse for like say stories about oh well here's the time i interviewed the guy that produced cowboy bebop which is one of the videos i gotta put up in the next couple days or so Please do. yeah totally it was awesome it was a great conversation or hey if you're interested in moving to japan here's what i found from my experience or if you want to visit japan here's some things you should check out or if you're trying to get your trip together here's some stuff you should look at doing as far as financing or whatever else you know just those little tips and things that you pick up through life I was like, oh, well, why don't I make some quick videos with this cute little camera I have and record them here and edit them and put some put some music under them and put them out when I have the time and ability to do so. So that's been something I've been working on more and more. And, and honestly, it's been super fun. 
that's awesome. I love when people can, are able to find like a good creative outlet, like me in this podcast, for example. <laughs> Most definitely. No, I re- well remember how we came to touch. Is I I found like I featured you in a video. Right. Yeah. And thank you for that again. Oh no, totally. <laughs> I I've got to say that this is actually a little nervy about talking about the YouTube thing, not in a bad way, but I've been so non-committal is very much the wrong word but i've been very much about treating that as like this is my garden and it's important that i take care of it but i don't want to turn my garden into my job mm-hmm. so i've been very much about exploring it and developing my voice and working with it when i find the time and when i'm in the place for it i'm feeling good about it uh, i'm about to increase the number of videos i'm putting out but i also it was very important for me to just be like hey man you're you're developing your voice like don't turn it into like a branding thing because that can oh there's something that kills fun it's turning it into work yeah that is sadly the truth yeah well and like you're mad consistent with your stuff props as other as other guests yeah. have pointed out <laughs> But sometimes life gets in the way and it's really depressing because some people would be like, hey, I have, here's how I have 9 million followers on YouTube. And it's like, I'll get around to it. Like, I haven't even told my family or friends like that I have a channel. I just I just do this stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think I think I mentioned this to you before, like before we were recording, like I try to keep it low maintenance. Like I'm very, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the only person I have the answers to for this podcast. So I'm like, hey. Eh. You know, I obviously want to be consistent and I want it to be good, but... Well, you're going to have to answer time. those people that uh, make, that caught you on that 2930 anniversary thing. I know. Well, yeah, <laughs> so those a, people. A, yeah. a reckoning coming your way. <laughs> yeah. Run! Oh, I'm not looking forward to that. Um, <laughs> All the smoke. Yeah. No, but, but you know. that's something that I think is important for people is like you should have an opportunity to express yourself, but not feel like foot's on my neck, express myself, like and subscribe, click the bell, please mm-hmm. help me. Yeah, no, that's when it gets not as fun. Yeah, and also some of the stuff I want to do as it expands and I spend more time on it, it does take a significant amount of time. If it's a question of like, well, do I want to do a good job teaching this week and get this article ready for publication versus mm-hmm. making this video, the video is not necessarily going to come last, but it's going to come when it comes. Right. Yeah, that's fair too. Like just being nice to yourself you know i haven't released an episode every monday sometimes it comes out on tuesday or whatever um yeah just well life life's gonna happen happens yeah yeah and i think paying attention to that but i also think that the worst thing is like you're either all the way on or all the way off i'm like no this will this will happen as it happens like Mm -hmm. i'm totally gonna have a thing on say this japanese band that i like that i think is just nutso that's awesome i'm totally gonna have a thing on about uh this this televised uh, terrorist event that happened in Japan mm-hmm. and all this other stuff. I'm going to get to that. I've, I've got it written and ready to go. I'm just waiting for the moment where I have the time to feel completely in my head to do the work and get it all together and out there. Yeah. No, that's completely fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and you got to find your legs too. Like you said. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Um, so if time and space weren't an issue, what would you who would you want to interview or what would you want to put a youtube video out about or or i should say mm. yeah oh you were saying sorry oh well, i'm not sure if that like captured everything i want to say so like when i say like time and space like you have infinite amount of time and then also like you can go anywhere in time yeah i i 
Oh my goodness, my, my, my academic pretensions. Well, by time and space. Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been oh. watching Doctor Who. That's my definition for now. Baller. <laughs> Uh, by the way, I have a, a a prof who's on my committee. He's a great guy. He's super into Doctor Who. So oh nice yeah um yeah time and space um well let's say there's a number of really cool places that I'd like to explore as cities that I'd like to explore as communities that I'd really like to spend some time with. But kind of being more direct, I think interview wise, I'd love to talk to a guy named Tadao Ando who is a Japanese architect who I'm just crazy about. Sounds cool. I've never heard of him, so I'm just going to take your word for it. Yeah, I think he won a Pritzker, but he does fantastic work, and it all looks, it's all made of, you know, brick and concrete, uh, pardon me, concrete and steel, not brick, really. But it, then you see the inside of it, and it's like, it's so beautiful and wonderful. You're like, oh my goodness, it, it feels like natural. This doesn't feel like a prison. It's, it's just in, insanely beautiful. But he was also self-taught. He was a boxer from Osaka, and mm. there's all these great documentaries of him because it's just the entire architectural world falling all over him. Then they cut to interview footage and he's like, hey, 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 don't use Facebook at work, okay? We we can't bother with that. That's 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 not worthwhile. Just this like gruff ex-boxer dude who makes these amazingly beautiful, breathtaking buildings. Like I would I'd even just like, please, can we go have dinner? Like that would be job one. That's the kind of stuff that I get super, super stoked on. Like... That's so cool. And if you had advice for anyone who wanted to either A, become a doctoral student, start a YouTube channel, or get into like this convention life, what would you tell them? Uh, be unemployable, because that's how it happened for me. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> no, this all, everything that I'm doing came about by way of connections and came about by way of not networking, but networks and moments and interacting with people and just making friends and spending the time investigating it and looking at where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do. I had a couple of just straight jobs where it's like, let me show up and hate everything for eight to 10 hours a day. And it was awful. I just, it never clicked with me. Yeah, no, that's not a fun life. But basically not the job. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. But and for that stuff, I just say like, well, look at what you want to do and start seeing who does it. Ask around, kind of figure things out. A lot of this stuff came down to like, hey, listen, there's this thing we need done that we know that Evan has the ability to do it if we ask him. It wasn't necessarily like on a resume. It was just like, oh, we, we know this person. They've circulated enough. Like, seriously, I think a lot of it's just having the people skills and the ability to interact with other people. But no, this all kind of came about by way of being around and being accessible and saying, hey, if there's ever something that I could do for you in a professional capacity, let me know because y'all folks seem cool. Or, hey, I was interested in this. And a lot of it came by way of, like, I waited 10 years to work with the Sentai folks. I'd known them since way before then. But finally, it was like, dude, we have this project. We'd love to have you in, in the mix with it. I was like, oh, yeah, totally. So, yep, circulate, get your professional chops together, uh, be responsible, like, a lot of what I do is like he can be at this place in time and not be somebody to worry about mm -hmm. and we can trust him and he's good for his word and he and knows people and you know a lot of the stuff with uh, oh my goodness I did a life advice video on this a lot of the stuff with media production is time money resources pick two yeah with the studying and things like that that was basically like 
people are like, why did you quit and go back to school? I was like, I didn't quit anything. I want an excuse to read 10 hours a day. So mm. uh, I have different goals and different aims with it. And also I'd worked for 20 years or a better part of 20 years by the time I got here. And so that meant that certain things were connecting back into my school experience I wouldn't have if I just came into my PhD straight from undergrad. Yeah, no, I, I've actually had similar conversations with one of my good friends where I'm just like, I really just want to go back to school so I can just read and like learn. Like I literally, just for that reason, but it's like, ah, crippling debt, more debt. <laughs> so, yeah, I... One of these days, maybe. I, I think it's very much a case of like, and keep in mind, I did a lot of stuff that was completely unrelated to what I'm working mm-hmm. on. It's not like I just sit under a tree all day with a book. It's, it, yeah. there is an intensity to it that I relate to and I respect, but it's also like... I mean, I spent today, all of our grades went in and I spent all day grading for mm. about seven or eight days with uh, put together. And I am so tired <laughs> right now. <laughs> and that has nothing to do with my studying. That's the that's the teaching side of the equation. Um, I, I think ultimately this is all coming back to figuring out what you want to do and what you enjoy and what you are interested in doing and understanding that life is finite and that your life can be incredibly engaging and cool if you work to put yourself in a position where it can be yeah no that sounds perfect it's like a little the more you know star yeah (laughs) goes across yeah uh, imagination yeah i i'm still my family's like what do you do and i was like uh (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 people ask me still People in my family ask me that like probably once every six months. <laughs> six months, oof, mm-hmm. Ooh, you fancy like it's like every time I see them, I'm like you're too. What do you, huh? Right. What's your job again exactly? Yeah, I, I, I don't. It kind of. I, I hoped for this, and it, something else happened. Mm-hmm. But honestly, you can sort of put yourself in a position where and mm-hmm. cool things can happen. Yeah. Well, I'm happy you didn't give the uh, other advice I hear with a lot of people who, um, get advanced degrees or just like don't is their advice <laughs> so that was nice here's some optimism uh I, I mean it's also how one relates to power again if we want to mm. get if you want to fancy about it and that's why if we're going to talk about a little show called sailor moon that's mm. why it's so relatable and i'm so like s- struck by how like wow the the whole thing is this person figuring this stuff out and feeling overwhelmed and lonely and having this sense of disconnection and overcoming that and seeing how to be in the world like oh wow this is like has way more emotional resonance to me than it did when i was a kid and i was like oh those are cool building designs and these these i was the same age so i could say these girls are cute and have it not be weird yep yeah uh now they're just cool but yeah <laughs> no it's 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 totally one of those things of like Anime stuff yeah adjusting to the world around you and understand and trying to come and trying to understand it and in my case like never felt like i fit in at work never felt like i fit in at school but it was like oh well you you're gonna give me money and access to a research library that's cool nice yeah that sounds awesome when you put it like that um, well you're, you are the architect of your own happiness ah, that makes sense i just wish everybody free health care too so yes that would be nice most deaf <laughs> um and then, just like Sailor Moon had her Sailor Moon says phrase at the end of every episode, um, 
I'm guessing this is when you were watching it in the mornings on the public access and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would your phrase be? So Sailor Evan Crusher Jones says. Hey, SMFC guest, stop spoiling the show for me. I'm slow, okay? <laughs> well, <laughs> it's 29 years old, all right? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you got, it, you got it right this time, Victoria. Yeah, I did. I did. All right. Cease the Twitter bots. Exactly. I'll get I'll get around to it. Like life is I, I'm still I'm still reading ancient religious texts when I get the free time. No, I'm not. Come on. No excuses. <laughs> I've got so many good ones. No excuses. Been working mad hard to put this excuse train together. Got to keep it on the tracks. <laughs> hey man, you know, I got through school. I got some degrees. I watched it. <laughs> yeah but you're so much cooler than i am you're like sailor mars you have together i'm just sleepy all the time my cat's awesome and then yeah, i mean i slept through most of high school honestly so i don't know here's Can't my question hey grad school big mm-hmm. big big question for you yeah how many people say luna is their favorite character never really no, it hasn't happened really yeah mm-hmm. my um one of my friends he, I think, kind of like Luna and Artemis as characters. Um, but his favorite scouts were Ami and um, Jupiter. Mm-hmm. And But, yeah, no one really mentions uh, Luna and Artemis in general. I, I really... One thing that's fascinating about that show mm-hmm. is as the child of divorce, mm-hmm. kind of looking back and being in a, feeling like I was in a similar situation, you know not necessarily the interactions with other people or parental figures and it seemed like again i keep putting on this like how imminently relatable this has been and how i've seen people connect with that kind of through literally through the ages at this point as the show is as you said 29 years old mm-hmm. uh, and that's been one of the like major like wow this people really have this feeling about it because I, I mean, I watch it now, and like I said earlier, I was like, oh, originally, like, oh, this design's cool, and I, I like how they directed this, and I really appreciate this vintage of animation, and that era of animation is just my favorite from Japanese anime. Like, after 95, I get real selective, you know? I'm one of those retro heads, way before they were actually retro heads. Are you on a retro crush at all? I, I love Retro Crush. In fact, I did a review for them of their mobile app, and then two days later, I'm like, we've launched our desktop. I was like, thanks, team. <laughs> They you made it happen. Yeah, eh, they can send their they can send their checks to me, but actually, no, mm-hmm. no, but that that stuff is all, yeah. You know, looking at that world and looking back at it now as an older person, going like, oh my goodness, I'm I'm this, hands down. If I'd watch more of this, it would have been my favorite show. It's so eminently relatable, despite my you know, obviously differences in lifestyle and location and et cetera, et cetera. It really is a cool piece of fiction that it really transcends those boundaries, and it's just fascinating. People get so excited about it. Yeah. Yeah, that makes all the sense. It is super relatable. And so so is Luna or Artemis. Or Luna is one of your favorites as well, would you say? I just cannot. I, I, mm-hmm. We had a cat adopt us, and now and you might have mm. heard her. She's on, she wants to be on the interview. Um, and I mean, She's welcome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just I, I became a cat person at mm. like 39. And I got to say, like, wow, they're really cool. But they are. No, I, I I appreciate I appreciate her role very much. I think it's a, a, a you know like hey I gotta I, I gotta kind of in, get you into the mix with this stuff and you know it's hard to explain and there you are and I just have I have a hard time not appreciating a uh, a well-meaning cat. You know I I hear that especially 
if you've been around cats. I think a well-meaning cat is, would always be welcomed. <laughs> so many cats are not so well-meaning, even though we love them. Yeah. And she's going through this whole thing, Usagi, you know, this whole thing to find herself. So that's a that's a big mm-hmm. big part of that journey. You you need it's the mm-hmm. uh, the you need somebody to lead you through the mystical journey. Right. Well, I'm not going to ruin it for you, but ah! I'm excited for you to watch. Yes, the I'm very excited. Moon movie. Yeah. Um, which is very Luna focused, and I think you'll enjoy it. <laughs> Luna centric. Luna centric. Yeah. yeah. Oh it, man. My lunacy. Lunacentric. I like the way that sounds. I don't know why. That's cool. Yeah, I, I'm I'm waiting. I'm waiting for somebody to dub themselves a in the name of the old band a lunatic. As far as <laughs> thank you. If I get one so horrible no pun in there. Yeah. 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 No, I I found myself that. Um, and then what's next for you? And where can people find you? Okay. Well, you can follow me on Twitter, where I have occasional insights into stuff. Uh, mostly just posting BS though at Crusher Jones. I'm on YouTube at Crusher Jones. You can find that through the Twitter channel as well, and we'll put up all the links, I assume. And yeah, I'm just doing that stuff there. I do not have a dedicated website for my academic work. I'm putting one together, but right now I'm busy also explaining how I'm going to refurbish a shipping container so that I can write a dissertation in it as my dissertation. So <laughs> been a little busy Ooh. there. That sounds awesome also hey if you can't go to the ruin you've got to bring the ruin to you yeah really get inspired in the space as you might say well i want i in the place actually now i want to see what it was like to make a place so i'm pitching that as my project right now and hopefully by the time this airs uh, people will be cool with it but it's it's really interesting because i was like you can't do anything with a communication degree i'm like cool check out my house Right. <laughs> like that's that's my goal with it. I just want to see what it was like to to build something as a process and to see a process come together in terms of trajectories that in the case of global shipping are very, very influential. Yeah. I love how you say people will be cool with it. Like it's not like a whole like panel of people who will be like intensely <laughs> asking you questions. Oh man, I gotta go defend some exams <laughs> on Friday and like yeah. I just like oh yeah excited about this and i realized all these people are incredibly academically intimidating yeah oh man they're cool with this idea (laughs) hey everybody just just come just coming there with like uh, ray-bans on like it's tom cruise and risky business like oh oh my god they would they would throw virtual staplers at me through zoom so fast (laughs) definitely no, but that's that's the that's where they can find me on uh, Twitter, Crusher Jones, and Crusher Jones on YouTube. And yeah, new videos coming out soon, new stuff coming out soon. Doing some interviews, working on some new projects. I'm really excited about. And yeah, there you go. Awesome. Yeah, I'm excited to. Uh, I'll be looking out for that interview with the producer for Cowboy Bebop, one of my other favorite shows. Um, oh, it's that great. Awesome. He was he was so cool. And one of the nice things about when I was an uh, active Japanese animation journalist was like learning how to interview people but also at the end of the interviews going hey i i just want to say that i was a really big fan it's one thing you worked on in 1987 and them going you know that oh my god i'm so happy <laughs> yeah it's always nice to talk to someone about something that like no one else really pays attention to as much yeah well when i asked um dai sato who i believe wrote one of the cowboy bebop episodes or some of them uh mm-hmm. he also worked on ergo proxy when i asked him at a convention if the show was a depiction of the struggle between structuralism and post-structuralism, he just got up and hugged me and said, thank you. Aww. 
I was like, finally, my nerd philosophy paid off. Right. Who would have knew? So you're studying anime. Why didn't you just say that? <laughs> I'm living anime. <laughs> We're living anime. Snap, snap in a circle. <laughs> but I, but I'm living the depressing parts where everything's falling apart and cyber. And I'm basically living cyberpunk anime without any yeah, of the benefits or the fun stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, they canceled that Olympics, so it happened. I mean, you know, maybe a splash of Sailor Moon. Uh, Just a splash. Yeah, let's make it happen, please. Yeah, I'm sure there's something. They they visited some abandoned places, I'm sure. Went to that playground that one time that no kids were at at night. I think. Well, that sounds creepy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. No, that it they. They traverse the city in an interesting way, and I think they interact with the place mm-hmm. well, and I think they're cool characters, and I really enjoyed delving back into it. And I look forward to talking to more Moonies about it, because I gotta say, I really felt like I missed out on this, so <laughs> the time is not lost on me now. I am so happy you are back. Thanks, thanks for, for having me, by the way. Time. You are yeah, awesome. It's been coming. super fun. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show. This was this was awesome. Oh, I'm I'm all all the loves on this side of the table, and uh, again, I appreciate your work so much. And it's been so cool to listen to so many great guests talk about their their lives and what they do and how they got there and where they're from, where they're going to, and how this show has played a role in their lives. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just incredibly it's been incredibly moving to meet so many people who have such a connection with it and to hear more about that kind of stuff and to be one of one one of the chosen now is a big thing for me so i appreciate you letting me sneak in oh gosh well you are more than deserving there was no nepotism here you um especially when you sent me your bio i was like wow you've done a lot we have a lot to talk about this is awesome <laughs> well wow you're obviously unhinged no i just <laughs> St- not at all you stick around long enough and be nice to people and you know mm. you get to do some interesting stuff and hopefully you get to talk about it well i'm gonna replace you sailor moon says with that <laughs> <laughs> stop spoiling it for me i still that sentiment's gotta stand please no, no it'll stay it'll stay just a mountain of salt yeah um but once again i am victoria l johnson and you can find me at miss old school it's old school with a k and you can find the podcast at Mooney's Club on Twitter and Mooney's underscore club on Instagram. And we have merch now. So if you want to shop some Mooney merch, we have some stuff at Mooney'sClub.com. And thanks for listening, Mooney. And it's dope merch, too. I'm feeling it 100%. Thanks. It's gorgeous. Thank you. <laughs>